Y'all, happy new year. It really is a new year. I don't know when you're listening to this, but it's going to come out on January the 2nd. So you're you're in it. You're in it. 2024. Yes. You're here. <laughs> Jinx. <laughs> Welcome to the Revival Podcast. I'm Dave Butler. I'm Stefan Tager. So happy that we're here together around this table. Y'all, you're not at the table, but there's space. You should be. <laughs> Why are you not here? Y'all, if you listened last week, if you've been with us for a while, um, then maybe you heard last week, but it was during Christmas week, so maybe you didn't. So let's just catch you up on what's happening here, which is we are expanding what we're doing on this show every single week. Normally, we were in just a conference talk per week, but we are just going to open the doors wide open and give ourselves freedom because Stefan doesn't like to be contained. He doesn't (laughs) like to be boxed in, you know? And so we're going to release the beast, (laughs) set him free, y'all. I've been waiting for this. We have decided to just address questions. From, from all of us all together to invite you to this place, sitting around this, this kitchen table of ours and talking faith and talking about what it looks like to live a life of faith. I was asking about, this. Yeah. Sorry, I interrupted. No, you're good. Do you think kitchen tables are sacred? A plus 100%. I don't know why I started with a grade, <laughs> but I gave it a grade <laughs> first because absolutely, absolutely. I, I really do wish, we wish you were here. We could have this, but 100%. because- Honestly, some of my favorite experiences with faith is with people, like talking through it. It's something I love about Stefan. I will go to him with all my questions, my wonderings, on my drive, and just kind of, and we wanted to bring y'all into that kind of discussion. So I put on my Instagram this question box, and we'll find a formal or better or more organized way to get your questions because we will. But I just, we just like, let's go. Let's just do it at the start of the new year. And all these questions piled in. And it's, we're just going to take them and we're going to address them, respond to them because we don't necessarily think that we have the answers. That would be a little bit presumptuous to say, this is your question and I will give you the answer, but we're going to sit together at this table and like talk through the wrinkles in a life of faith, the thrill in a life of faith, just what, just scriptural teaching, all, all the aspects of it. Come to the table. We're going to use scripture. We're going to use words of the prophets and we're going to try to point to that. As, and we're going to work through those frameworks and no way do we want to speak authoritatively or officially for the church or uh-huh. anything like that. Just, it's just as brothers. Just, just as brothers. We're going to talk through this and and think out loud. And so I think I'm ready. Are you ready? Uh, yeah, I am ready. First, but I do want to just say, because Stefan has the whole Library of Congress memorized, <laughs> so you're so lucky to be at this table. Like You could be at the table with a lot of different people. <laughs> you're just glad to be here with him. Really I nice do also want to say you. this. I encourage you to gather with people of faith. Talk through your questions. Talk through scripture with other people. I think it's so beneficial to do that. So welcome to this particular table, but get your own also, you know, rock and roll with it. So let's take this question that we got. How do I help my kids who are leaving the church? What's best? I'm so worried and I love them. First of all, going through these questions, you saw the humanity, vulnerability, but there are a lot of people who are really struggling, and this particularly, this question, I think it showed up more than once yeah, oh yeah, as we were yeah, going through sure. some of these. And yeah, oof. It really did make me feel connected to everybody. And just sacred to, ground. Yeah, you know? because I, and Stefan said this before we recorded that he was just like, man, I just feel like we just leveled up on this podcast. <laughs> and there's a there's a um, a responsibility and a, and a burden now. And 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 then, but then also the the sweet sense of we do this life together. 
That's what I, that's what I thought. I was like, oh, I really do wish you were here, this person. And I, I want to hug you first. And I just want to, you know, because it's just like, oh, this virtual is, hugs. Right. Yeah. 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 Anyways. Okay. okay. So, uh, one of the places my mind goes to first is where this happens scripturally. And you have Alma the elder who is praying, pouring out his soul is literally what the text says, had poured out his whole soul to God. And, um, Ooh, which by the way, you can sense you can in sense a question that, like right, this. Yeah, absolutely. And he's praying about these apostates who are causing problems in the church, people who are leaving faith. And one of those happens to be his son, Alma the Younger, right? Is, is not, is the, the name of that. Which makes given. sense because am I sad about people in my neighborhood who stopped going to church? Yes, yeah. I am, but not near the level of it, some it, people that I, you know, truly, deeply care and am connected to. Right. And and it hits in a in particularly painful way. Yeah. This is what the this is the first thing the Lord says to him. Mosiah 26 verse 15. Blessed art thou Alma and blessed are they who were baptized in the waters of Mormon. Thou art blessed because of thy exceeding faith and the words alone of my servant Abinadi. Verse 16, blessed art they and then 17, blessed art thou and blessed is this people. And then verse 20, thou art my servant and I covenant with thee that thou shalt have eternal life. The first thing that the Savior does is he actually shows love and affirms Alma the Elder. So the first mm. thing I want to say to someone asking this question is, God loves you and knows of your struggle. And it is so fantastic that you are the kind of parent that cares this much about their child, that cares deeply about them. And you're on the right path, right? You're If you're on the covenant path, you're going in the right direction. And so first know that God sees you and loves you and you're incredible for being the kind of parent who cares in this way. Yeah, and I think that your tears and your heartache and your sleepless nights that you are having over this issue are, are evidence of that. There are some things that God is going to teach us and say, you can rest in this truth and you can lean on me for this and for that. But he doesn't say to Alma, the elder, hey, no worries. Like, what do you, come on, bro. What are you so, you know, why are you so right, worked right. up about this? But he acknowledges and praises him for a lot of reasons. And one of them I would say is being such a caring and compassionate person. We have in Moses chapter seven, a picture of a God who weeps. Hmm. He's not going to say, oh, don't cry about that. Don't worry about that. But rather that is a, a manifestation that you have the heart of God, that you care and are hurt so deeply by this. And love is going to include pain. It always is going to. It's going to include sacrifice. It's going to include heartbreak. It's going to include thrill on the other side. But, but it does to care and to love someone. Hurt is a part of loving and caring. And, Always. And absolutely. In connection with that, another aspect of this is that, yes, we feel this pain and this sorrow. And, and obviously, someone who is stepping away from faith, who grew up in the church, who knows what this means to our faith community, they also are ex experiencing deep uh, trial and pain. And you know that. We maybe need to do a part two of this, which is m maybe addressing why people might leave in the first place. Absolutely. That would be like— Super helpful to do. Okay, go back to what you're saying. We actually get a great example of this in the councils of the church, the leading councils particularly, where the prophet Joseph taught, like sometimes people can't come to organization and solutions and a way to move forward because they don't sit long enough with each other to weed out what he called like the dross or the excess metal. In connection with that day, like, yes, we um, are feeling pain and so is that other person. So is our child who might be thinking about stepping away from faith or is stepping away from faith, 
it's really important to be able to sit in that uncomfortable feeling and to say things like, I want you to know that you can be completely honest with me. Tell me yeah. how you really feel. That's mm-hmm. sometimes when we have struggles, the last thing we want people to do is to open up. We think, oh, we tell ourselves like, yeah, I want them to open up, but we know that they're going to say painful things, maybe about us or about the church or mm-hmm. things we care about. Mm-hmm. But to be able to sit in that uncomfortable space with them and say, will you tell me what you really think about faith, about God, about the church, about the way I've acted in it and invite that. And then the other side of that is you also get the right to say what you think and why you believe and why it's important to you. It's okay to say like, this. I believe this stuff. I, I, I actually feel like I can say the word, I know that it's true. So give yourself space, give the, your child space, your adult child as you're talking with this through them and say, hey, as a team, as a partnership, can we work through this together? Well, and I think you can address that and just say that you love will be first in every right. aspect of this. Right. And you can start off by saying that and almost saying that to them, establishing that as a goal. In or out of the church, I will love you as my child. Right. That's going to be our that's going to be our goal. Our that's what we're going to work right. through. Our right. relationship is more important than the questions that we have and that's going to be right. number 1. But because you and I are both people with passionate beliefs and disagreements and keep going down that list, those just have to be addressed and, and, you know, and brought up and said, like, let's give each other some grace here because I do believe this. I wish it for you. I hope it for you. I can't help it. I'll probably be really clunky and awkward at this. I just want you to know I am a person of faith. I'm going to talk about it as part, but I'm not doing it to be manipulative. At least I'm trying not just to be right. really open and then super clear on this is our goal. And one way to have that kind of thing happen is if a child says, I wish I could talk about it with you, but I'm just afraid that I'm going to offend you or make you mad or you're going to judge judge me. It might be wise as a parent to say at that moment, I'm so sorry that I've acted in such a way that has led you to believe that? Will you tell me what I've done in the past that makes it hard for you to be open with me? Yeah. This is painful. And it's, it's forcing us to grow up and mature and look at uh, look at ourselves. And they may just say, I'm not ready to. I don't want to do that. And of course, we respect agency. Right. But to really right. invite, like, what can I do to get to a spot where you can be 100% open with me? Right. Right. Oh, that's so beautiful. I think I said a little bit earlier that there is part of this where, you know, the Savior didn't say to Alma, no worries. But he does repeat over and over throughout Scripture an invitation to fear not. I think it's the second most frequently spoken thing, right? Don't fear. Don't be a, don't be afraid in the sense of like that worry, anxiety type of fear and afraid. And so there are some things that I think we will operate from as a foundation as we approach this. Because this person says, I'm worried, you know, in their question. And I would almost ask, worried of what? What are, what are you afraid of actually happening? And there's some legitimate things that you would put on that list. Of course. That we won't just brush under the rug and we're not going to be really trite about. This is, we did talk about, this is painful. This is uncomfortable. This is, you know, it's going to cause just some, you know, some angst in us. But I think we can rest in some of the truths that we have. And one of those that I would like to bring up is on Calvary's cross, the Father and the Son showed how relentless they are in the pursuit of their children. They showed how far they're willing to go to rescue and to redeem and to recall back. 
all throughout the Gospels, you see the Savior going out after those who are lost, after those who are outsiders. That is a part of their heart, and it's a part of their character. And you and I, as parents, are playing a role in the much grander work and the grander love story of the universe. And I think that I can rest in the fact. I'm not going to tap out. I'm not just going to hand it all over because right. I want to be involved. Right. right. I am a concerned and caring participant in the work. In the work. But I'm also going to rest in the fact that the all-powerful, all-knowing, eternal God in heaven is far more interested in the soul of my child than even I am if you could even imagine such a love could exist. Mm. And that's going to encourage me. I feel like I'm on strong footing there to approach difficult conversations, to handle my pain in, in context of that love story that's happening, to engage in the relationship, knowing that as my backstop, it's, my, you know, it's, it's holding me up. That was beautiful. One of the best things you've said on this podcast. I, it's so powerful. I, I think there's this first element of the relationship before we can even talk about faith before we can even go about like how to help someone have faith or help them or create a space where they can maybe come back to faith. I think the first part is what we just said. Am I secure with God? And, and can that security then move over into my relationship with my child where we can say, hey, we can have uh, difficult conversations? Well, a relationship has to be first. Has to be, yeah. Uh, it's the essence of, it's what life eternal is. And yeah. so pres- we need to do what we can to preserve that relationship. Now, can the relationship be based off of living within the gospel content? Yes, yes. But first and foremost, oh, let's preserve our relationship. You said earlier um, in a conversation, vertically and horizontally. Yeah. Let's be sure that we're doing that first and foremost. And then let's maybe end, you know, end it there and promise a part two <laughs> yeah, yeah. next week of, hey, wh- why maybe do people walk away from faith in the first place? And what can we know about that scripturally that that's going to you know, help us in our in our next steps in, right. as we continue on. Yeah, I think before we can really understand how maybe to create a space where someone may want to come back to faith, yeah. we have to understand yeah. why people leave in the first place, yeah. right? I love it. And so we'll, let's talk about that next week. I think that's but, a good idea. Okay, God bless, and um, we'll see you next week. <laughs>